0: Welcome to The Wonderland, a podcast with coaches Amanda Jones and Alex Linares. Listen in as they drop down the rabbit hole to explore reality, suffering, and awakening. Leave your worries and fears behind, and get ready for a taste of The Wonderland.
1: Welcome back, Wonderlings. This is episode 33 of The Wonderland, The Shining. <laughs> Awareness is overwhelmed by what is perceived as an onslaught of constant, unrelenting change. The mind, by using its own remembered past, can predict an imagined future. It is within this narrow feedback loop that most will spend their entire time in manifestation. But there is another way to experience the world. That's by Michael Marco. So the title of this episode is, of course, the famous horror movie, The Shining, where a young boy is plagued by psychic premonitions. And I thought it was a great analogy of how much our suffering is born out of this Past, future, preoccupied thinking. And it's almost invisible, insidious until now. So notice how, as we accumulate experience, our archive of remembered data, which is make believe, because things never, quote, happened the way we imagine. Notice how this grows and begins to be used as a predictive map to follow. The evolving brain used this programming to survive and propagate the organism, right? Well, that's what we've been told. (laughs) Makes sense. But we have evolved past that life and death mandate, right? So, but it's still running as an unnoticed, quote, normal program cultivating anxiety and fear of imaginary scenarios. So what we want to do with this episode is kind of look at how we can bring this programming, this which I'm referring to as the remembered past and the projected future as being a map of how to live, how to be, how to think, how to do, how to decide back into its... Usefulness. And I'm going to use the word rare usefulness because notice how its usefulness is relatively rare. I mean, we can schedule a flight by remembering how to do that and projecting into a future of what time you need to do that, or meeting a friend at 2 p.m. You remember the friend, you remember their phone number. Well, maybe not today. These days, I don't remember any phone (laughs) number. And then you project a 2 p.m. in time and space in the mind of when you're going to meet. So those, those are the rare useful instances in which this phenomenon of past future thinking lives notice also how it's a force of anxiety and fear when it's used to plan happiness or peace or okayness for the self-idea. When using the remembered past and projected future feedback loop to secure me, the programming goes awry, doesn't it? Because it wasn't meant for that. Wasn't meant for that imaginary insecure thought stream of who I think I am and what I need. What do you see about this this phenomenon of the shining, the preoccupation with with projected psychic phenomena? <laughs> I
0: mean, this is so big for me because. Um, I would argue that that description is the description of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, uh, to me, it's, it's been such a real experience for such, such a big part of my life where, um, I'm, I'm usually in that projection. Um, of what's going to happen in the future and how everything's gonna be terrible then, so this is very it's something that i've I've experienced for so long, and I've seen so much that has shifted my relationship with it and this is really interesting to talk about because sometimes when when we are coaching someone or when we are ourselves experiencing it there's this wanting to get out of it and, and wanting for it to disappear and what I've seen is that it it doesn't disappear this creative um, process to project in either direction past or future remains there but the orientation and the relationship with it starts shifting mm-hmm. and I'll I'll give an example of, of what I mean by that so I, because of one of my one of the insights that I had was, I realized that my mind went to the worst case scenario to distract me, and when I realized that, it was fascinating. It it used that projection to take me out of the present moment, and that to me, when it, what I realized was that there was something so uncomfortable to the system about the present moment that it would rather go to an imagined catastrophe in the future mm-hmm. to take me out of the present moment. And when I saw that it all had this shimmery feel to it. Suddenly I saw kind of the, I saw how the magic trick worked, right? It's like, Oh, it's the distraction piece. I see it. I see it. And And then now I, it happens. It still happens all the time. It seems to be this kind of default mm-hmm. setting, factory setting that I came yeah. with. <laughs> and when it does it, I time travel. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm time traveling with it. And then at some point, I something, not me, this is not a doing or a practice, notices. And all of a sudden it's like lucid dreaming. Yeah. I'm in this imagined future and I go, Oh, look at where I ended up. And then sometimes it stays there. It plays out. The The movie will play out till the end, till the credits show up. And sometimes it. Written it by. disappears. Starring. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> written by me. Starring sorry, me. <laughs> um, you know, kind of piece of news that I've ever seen uh, is part of that script. And. And it's just a fascinating, and I, it it's still a huge part of my experience. I will say it probably will always be. And then I see it as as that as a movie script that's being written. And I remember it's funny that you meant that you you, kid, you said The Shining. You know, you na- you named this episode The Shining because I remember one day I was in the thick of like a crazy one, right? Like, and I remember thinking. I wonder if this is how Stephen King writes his books. Like all of a sudden this comes up like this crazy future. And then instead of him being in it, he downloads it as a story that he writes down. Cause I've always been fascinated with people who write in that genre. And I'm I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm meant to be a horror writer because (laughs) I come up with some good ones.
1: (laughs) I think that's true. I mean, that resonates because that, for me, it seems to, once it's recognized, there's time travel happening and all of a sudden a complete enchantment, as we talked about in the previous episode, a complete enchantment. The spell is broken. It starts to fizzle. It, 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 it turns into this mist that, that just dissolves. And it's it's just so marvelous to to see that when that happens, we kind of we awaken right now where we always have been. But we really awaken to the play of the past and future landscapes that don't exist anywhere. What even is that? As I often say. Like their sudden appearance and disappearance. Seem to be the act of a great ma- magician, which is us, isn't it? We're, we're the audience and the magician. Something unknown and unknowable, but deeply intimate at the same time.
0: Yes, that, that definitely resonates that there is this immersion into the creation itself. And that's what I... Of the experience of it without being afraid of it. it's it's the the best way I can describe it is lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. It's you realize that you're dreaming and i've I've had the fortune of lucid dreaming a lot. I actually it's an experience i I definitely enjoy. I've enjoyed. And what I've always found fascinating is that in my lucid dreams, I always look around and I go where do these people come from? Who made these people in my dream? And I'm always fascinated by the creation itself. And then that—that that is that shimmering aspect of it, just not having to get out of it because we wouldn't even, I don't know how to, Um, most of us don't know how to, but to notice that there is this play going on the illusion
1: yeah the illusion i find a lot of people i talk to i uh, have the pleasure of talking to are are kind of struggling with the the oscillation between dreaming and lucid dreaming that we go in and out of the total enchantment and the pain in that that can be there and the total relief and peace when lucidity arises and we are disenchanted with with the, the dream. And the oscillation between those two, I think if we can take the perspective of watching the whole thing as one phenomenon, not of me going in and out or remembering and forgetting that kind of jarring experience. When we can see the whole phenomenon goes together, as the dreaming, as the whole thing itself, there's a bit of uh, rest from yeah. from the agitation. Because how many times have we heard people and uh, say, "I, I thought I knew, I thought I saw this, I thought I understood, but now I don't know anything. Now I've forgotten. Now, and it's just like, oh gosh." The dreaming is is so pervasive and so unending and so without borders and edges that how can we not be moved in and out of lucidity and enchantment?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I get the, I get that feeling. <laughs> and what what an insight that I had around that was that every night we go to sleep and we dream and we wake up and we do it again. And we we have come to understand that as a necessary part of how we live our lives as a species. And just drawing the parallels that every night when we go to sleep and we dream... We believe our dreams, even though our conscious mind knows this process that I'm gonna to go to sleep at some point and then I'm gonna dream and then I'm gonna wake up and it's and there's this never ending cycle to that where consciously understanding the process doesn't but, change the fact yes, that the process exactly. keeps appearing. Processing. It does. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's a really important distinction of, or a pointer to how we can realize that the seeming forgetting of of the process that we have come to understand is also present in the nighttime dreams. Cause, because it's it's a perfect example of why it's not a problem to believe the dreams that we are in at night and that can be seen to be the same this it can be seen to be the case in the waking dream I have an Alan Watts quote our favorite he says there is only this now it does not come from anywhere it is not going anywhere it is not permanent but it is not impermanent though moving it is always still when we try to catch it, it seems to run away. And yet it is always here, and there is no escape from it. And when we turn around to find the self which knows this moment, we find that it is vanished like the past.
0: This has been the Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to explore further with Amanda or Alex visit Amanda's website at uncoveryspace.com or Alex's website at kanemacoaching.com.